Welcome to this episode of Real Christianity. My name is Dale Partridge, where each week I offer 15 to 20 minute answers to tough theological and pastoral questions. This is a 100% listener-supported audio ministry of relearn.org. And for those who don't know, our mission at relearn.org is to educate and equip ordinary Christians to plant biblical, confessional, and missional house churches. For more information, just visit relearn.org forward slash house. So guys, the majority of Christians have likely never heard what I'm going to be sharing with you today. Uh, Everybody knows that the pastor needs to prepare for Sunday, but I assume many, if, if not most, Christians have no idea what it means to prepare themselves and their family for church on Sunday. In other words, most Christians just show up on Sunday. Uh, They might wear a nice outfit, Uh, they may be on time, Uh, but are they prepared to fulfill their biblical role on Sunday morning? And an even better question is, do they even know what their biblical role is? So we're going to be discussing this and more, but before we begin, I just want to make one quick announcement. Uh, As you guys know, we are getting close to closing out the 2020 year, and this year has been such a wild year, I think everybody's ready for that. Uh, But our ministry has accomplished so much this year, even in the midst of the cultural chaos, and it's been because of your faithful support of our ministry. Uh, We launched a brand new website at relearn.org, and that was a major project, by the way. Uh, We released a book on our biblical house church doctrines and convictions. We launched the Stand in Victory program for breaking free from pornography. We opened our church planting school at stjustins.org. We recorded 50 more podcasts, added another 50 articles to the website, hired a few part-time staff members, and more. We've done so much. And uh, this coming year, we have uh, laid some massive ministry uh, hopes before the Lord in prayer. And our hope is to plant 50 new house churches Uh, in 2022. So the work would be done next year in 2021. Uh, We want to film a 90-minute house church documentary. Uh, We want to release a new book um, and hire some more support staff. And to be honest, without the help of the church, we just cannot do that. We we need your help. Uh, We have 40,000 monthly listeners to this podcast uh, and you might think that just somebody else is going to give and, um, and you know, you don't need to worry about it because someone else will, will make the donation. But that's just not how Christians are called to view generosity. Uh, this is an opportunity uh, to plant biblical churches, to preach the gospel and to strengthen thousands of Christians in doctrine and theology. Uh, this is kingdom building. This is kingdom work. And if we can get uh, a thousand people, that's, uh, that's 2.5% of our listening audience to commit to 20 bucks a month, just 20 bucks a month. We would have the budget to accomplish those projects. Um, you know, so I, what I'm asking you is, would you just take just a minute to pray and ask the Lord what he would have you do about that? Maybe it's nothing. Maybe you're already supporting several ministries and uh, you you feel content and the Lord's convicting you to actually give more to another ministry, to your local church, to another a uh, family that's in need. Maybe that's the case. Uh, but maybe the Lord's asking you to give, you know, just a one-time gift to us uh, in our ministry or $10 a month or $50 a month. Uh, my only request is that you would just take a minute 
and ask the Lord if he has you to do anything about it. And for those of you that are interested in supporting our work uh, here at relearn.org, you can visit relearn.org forward slash donate. Um, it'll only take you 90 seconds to fill out the form, set an automatic donation. Um, you can cancel it at any time. Again, that's relearn.org forward slash donate. It would be a huge blessing. We promise that we will be faithful with those funds, uh, use them well, be efficient with them, and focus our main mission on Great Commission work. All right. On that note, uh, today's question comes in from Molly. Uh, she's from uh, Danbury, Connecticut. I've never been there. Uh, and she asks the question, every Sunday I come to church and I sing the songs, I listen to the sermon, I say hello to a few friends, and I leave. To be honest, it feels monotonous. If, uh, is church supposed to be this way? Is this what God wanted? How can I prepare myself to get the most out of my Sunday church gathering? Am I missing something? Okay, uh, great question, Molly. Uh, this is actually a very important question. Uh, and over the past um, hundred years or so, uh, churches have dramatically increased in size. And as a result, churches feel less like community and more like an event. And I say this all, uh, all the time in our ministry, um, but, but we plant house churches not because we disagree with the traditional church ecclesiology or that we think that house churches are right or better. That's not why we do that. No, we love the traditional church. Our ministry plants house churches because we believe church is most fruitful when it's small. Uh, in other words, I, I really do believe that size is the enemy of intimacy. And relational intimacy is generally, not always, but generally one of the required ingredients for spiritual maturity, deep fellowship, and fruitfulness. Uh, and, and the size of a church uh, will birth all types of unintentional problems. I'm, and what I mean by that is uh, when a church grows into a crowd, uh, it generates a sense of audience Christianity. And it gives birth to what I call a uh, spectator mindset. And this is why so many people don't feel convicted when they don't show up to church. right? They view themselves as an inactive spectator of an event and not an active participant of a gathering of God's people. Uh, you know, meaning they, they truly believe that their attendance or lack thereof affects nobody but themselves. And in many cases, uh, they're right. Um, now, that's wrong thinking. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But what I'm trying to say, Molly, is that it sounds like your mindset is a product of conveyor belt Christianity. Uh, it sounds like you're feeling 10 feet wide and one inch deep. You don't know why you don't like it, and you're looking for ways to fix it, but you don't know where to begin. Uh, now, you might not even realize how affected you are by this either. I don't think a lot of us do. Uh, but the end of your question, Molly, you, ask, uh, you, you made this statement. How can I prepare myself to get the most out of my Sunday church gathering? Again, this is... Uh, this question is the product of classic American individualistic consumer thinking. We always want to get the most out of something for our own benefit. And I'm guilty of this too, but this is not a, a way to think biblically. 
yes, the church has elements of consumption where we should uh, think about how to be effective in our time together, but the church gathering is not a college class or a conference where we're trying to get our money's worth out of it, right? Uh, meaning the church is not a consumer activity where we're entertained or educated, right? Uh, it, it's a contributor activity also where we're edified. Uh, but again, I, I understand how Christians have come to this uh, type of thinking, right? When you, when you go to traditional church, uh, even the contributing feels like a job description more than organic, spirit-filled, participatory community. And maybe, you, you know, at your church, you get to be a greeter or a parking lot attendant, or, uh, or maybe you get to serve in the children's ministry or be an usher or part of the security team, right? Uh, but let me remind you, all of those roles have nothing to do with the Bible's design for church. Those are simply products of a church that gr- has grown too large, okay? And as a result, uh, I'm not going to say grown too large. I'm just going to say there are products of a church that has grown large. Right? And, and as a result, we start inventing ministry roles, like the parking lot pastor, that look very similar to a business that puts on weekly events than we do a church of God's people seen in the scripture. I'm not saying that these things are unbiblical, but they are extra biblical. Okay? Uh, but so are light bulbs and doorknobs, right? So the light bulbs and doorknobs, you need those for church. And uh, they're not in the Bible either. But you get what I'm saying is that those, those, those ideas of uh, ushers and these, you know, children's ministry, these are not biblical ideas. In principle, maybe. But they are absolutely extra biblical. And throughout church history are extra biblical. And I say all this because uh, before I can offer some ways for you, Molly, and anybody who's listening with this question, prepare yourself and your family for church— uh, I need to see. I, I need you to see how deeply the American church structure uh, has influenced the way we view church. And and once we're aware of this, we can look at a few biblical tips uh, that we can use not as not only as a way to to make your local church experience more biblical, but also to make your experience more fruitful. Um, and so I have three simple points that I think will help any Christian, have a more fruitful church experience. And uh, I'll, I'll be speaking to the individual Christian, um, but if you have a family, you're, you can apply these things, uh, these biblical principles to your children uh, and to your family as a whole. So number one, I would say is this. You got to start with being sober on Sunday. Uh, number one is be sober on Sunday. And I'm not talking about drinking alcohol or doing drugs talking about being spiritually sober on Sunday. Sunday is just not any day. Okay, this is the Lord's day. This is the weekly memorialization of your redemption. Okay, this is the day of Christ's resurrection. This is a remembrance of God's validation of Jesus's perfect sacrifice and atonement for your sins on the cross, right? That's what the resurrection was, right? This is the day that signifies our Sabbath. That is uh, our eternal rest in Christ, This is the day that God's people have historically come together in the name of Christ, uh, their maker, their creator, right? To celebrate and worship Jesus for his grace and mercy upon their souls. That's what Sunday is. And we need to be sober about that. Okay, so, so first step is to be sober when we arrive at the meeting of the saints. Don't walk in with a worried heart. Don't walk in 
with distracted, uh, you know, thinking about the trivialities of the week. Okay, you're coming to worship the God who has orchestrated every circumstance in your life and can change all realities, right? Have your heart posture set to seek him. His Look and, and just sit and rest in his sovereignty. Place him on the throne of your heart uh, to hand all of your anxieties and, and your fears to him on this day. That's, that's the goal. And ultimately, Sunday is a time of reverence meditation and reflection upon the great kindness of our God. Your, your, your children need to see this posture in you. Your children, uh, your wife, if you're, if you're the spiritual leader of your home, need to see this posture in you. They need to hear you pray and rejoice and worship and praise him in the morning, long before you walk into the doors of the church, okay? Uh, they Sunday is not just about church. Sunday is the Lord's day. That means that you wake up differently. You eat lunch differently. You talk about things differently on that day. It's the Lord's day, okay? Uh, they need to see mom and dad uh, approaching Sunday with not only seriousness, spiritual seriousness, but with joy and gratitude. You know, w- what you don't want them to see is that Sunday is always casual and light because the truth is it's not either of those things. So step one is, I would say, start with spiritual sobriety. Uh, Number two is don't show up empty-minded. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 tells us that, uh, you know, what what should result from the gathering of the saints um, is edification. It, It reads this way. It says, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an, uh, or an interpretation. Uh, let all things be done for edification. Okay, so first it says when you come together, each one, right? This is something that's a participatory deal here. Now, some of your Bibles might say building up instead of edification. But the Sunday meeting is not for entertainment or motivation or for sharing about your recent vacation. It's for building up the church in maturity by way of the word of God by way of doctrine, by way of worship, by way of prayer, encouragement, exhortation, rebuke, discipline, revelation, testimony. Okay, th- this, is, this is not just a command to pastors. This is a command to all Christians. Now, um, most Christians show up on Sunday with nothing to give or offer or to share. Uh, and if they did have something of value during the week, they forgot about it. And this is a selfish habit. We have to stop thinking that what God accomplishes in my life during the week has nothing to do with the life of others in the church. We have to stop thinking this way. We are a body. We need to start thinking the way that we would if we imagined ourselves as connected to other believers. You know, we weep with each other and we rejoice with each other. We need to think like a member of the body of Christ, not just an independent entity with my own private relationship with Jesus. Okay, so this is, again, we're getting deep here, but don't show up empty-minded. Again, when a church has a consumer mindset instead of a contributor mindset, uh, people don't think about how they might edify others, right? They simply think about how the service and the pastor and the worship and the sermon might edify them. Again, this is not the way that Christians are supposed to be thinking. Um, so here's, here's what helped me. Um, 
and this is hopefully just practical. I, I keep a note in my phone each week where I collect any insights that I may have uh, received during my devotional time and any prayer requests that I might have throughout the week, any situations or people I heard about who need prayer, any needs our family might have that could be met by others in the church, uh, any confessions I might need to make to a friend, uh, any apologies I might have for someone um, you know, I may have hurt, um, any quotes from theology books uh, that may have been encouraging to me uh, during the week, and I bring them on Sunday. I don't show up empty-minded. I show up ready to contribute and build others up with the wisdom and the worship of God according to the Scriptures. Now, the obvious question for those of you who are not in a house church is, well, when would I share these things, right? Um, because you're not in a contributor format or environment, you're in a crowd where you have not a monologue or not a dialogue, but a monologue, you know, you got to figure out, well, when do I do these things? When do I bring the things that are in my brain? The reason, again, we, we don't, we show up empty-minded because the, the actual structure of the church promotes that. It doesn't tell us or give us an opportunity to share anything, so therefore we don't bring anything. And that's, that's just not the way that it's supposed to be, according to Scripture. But for those of you that are in a traditional church and aren't in a uh, dialogue, contributor-centric church, um, the way you can do that is before your service, you can talk and bring edification. Hug somebody, listen to somebody, pray for somebody, um, whatever it might be, laugh with somebody, but edify them with truth and scripture. You can do this after the service. You can do this at lunch. Uh, wherever you can build up another believer in your local church on a Sunday, man, do that. Do that. And you don't have to come up with 10 things either, but just don't come up with nothing. Okay, this is a great place to start fulfilling your biblical role in the local church. The last thing I'm going to say is uh, call the saints on Saturday. All right, so we got three things here, right? Be spiritually sober on Sunday. Don't show up empty-minded. And number three, call the saints on Saturday. Uh, the coming together of the church should be driven by relationship, not by duty. All right, I'm going to say that one more time. I want you to let this one just burn into your soul for a second. The coming together of the church should be driven by relationship, not by duty. Sure. Okay, P part of our attendance is duty. But if you come each Sunday solely because it's the right thing to do, and not because you're eager to gather with other believers and to worship God as the church. Not independently where I'm sitting here in the corner and I'm having my own experience with Jesus independent of the church. That's not, that's not a theologically uh, sound idea. But you're coming together as the church. If, if, you're, if you're not understanding it that way, that's a red flag. Okay, relationships in the church, the body of Christ is critical. Love is the central ethic in Christianity. And if love for God's people by way of relationship isn't present in your local church experience, this needs to be dealt with. You need to figure out why you're not connected to people there. Is it you? Is it them? Is it the culture at the church? But the last thing we need 
is a church of God's people where everybody feels lonely because it's 10 feet wide and one inch deep and nobody knows each other. Okay, there are over a hundred one another's in the New Testament. And if this isn't enough evidence that Jesus expects his children to be in deep, reciprocating relationship with each other, then I don't, I don't know what will. Okay, but the sad thing is that many, many Christians show up each Sunday like good soldiers reporting for duty, and nobody ever goes beyond saying hi to them. Okay, there's no invitation to lunch. There's no switching phone numbers. There's just small talk that leaves people feeling exactly the opposite of how Christians are supposed to feel when they're with each other, which is connected. You know, the Bible talks about, um, you know, loving one another, confessing your sins to one another, and praying for one another that you may be healed, bearing the burdens of one another. I mean, these, this is the, the language of New Testament life in fellowship, participatory, reciprocating fellowship with one another. Now, most of us know someone at our local church, and here's my suggestion. Call them on Saturday and let them know that you're excited to fellowship with them the following day. Because when, when believers realize that other believers are anticipating their presence, they begin to feel connected and not just one person in a crowd. And if you have several friends, this can be uh, a great way to nurture real biblical community within your traditional church. In a house church community, this is far more natural, okay? Uh, For example, in a house church, nobody misses church unless they're sick or out of town. And why would they? Uh, Because a house church is so intimate and small, you know every single person. And over time, these people become like family to you. And why would you miss a gathering to worship Jesus with all the people that you love the most? You wouldn't right? You wouldn't. And that's why our ministry is so passionate about small biblical home gatherings. But again, even if you're in a large traditional church, you can apply this principle as a way to, to, to um, increase the rich relationships that will remind uh, the Christians in your local church how wonderful the Sunday gathering is when it's with people who know and love you. And so that, that's, that's my thing. Call people the day before. Let them know that you're excited to see them. How would you feel if someone did that for you? That's what church is supposed to be like. It's worshiping God in fellowship with one another. It's a beautiful place when we actually get ourselves accurate with the scriptures and in a fruitful, intimate environment. So there you have it, Molly. We got three things, right? We got be spiritually sober about Sunday. Don't show up empty-minded. And call the saints on Saturday. And so um, I'm going to leave you guys with just two other resources that might be helpful for you. They were helpful for me when I was preparing uh, this podcast. I think they're going to offer further instruction for understanding your role in the local church and how to view the local church. And you can find these at the post, uh, the post page for this episode at relearn.org. Uh, this is episode 113 titled, How to Prepare Yourself and Your Family for Church. You can just search that on the search bar. Um, so the first resource is a video, it's short, a couple minutes long, by John MacArthur on, uh, it's titled Every Believer's Responsibility. Uh, the second video is, uh, a video by Paul Washer, and it's titled God Determines How We Do Church. And so hopefully those resources will be edifying for you. Um, guys, if you're a regular listener to this episode or to this podcast, would you guys do me a favor and just tap the stars in the iTunes or the podcast app. You don't need to write anything. 
Um, but if you do write something, I will read it. And some of you guys have left some encouraging reviews recently. Thank you. These are so very helpful uh, to hear for us. I mean, we just feel so encouraged when someone writes a review. So if you guys are going to write a review, we will read it. Um, also, if you guys don't follow us on um, Instagram or Facebook, again, that's just relearn.org. You guys can find us there. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dale Partridge. Um, I'm putting out regular content there, uh, just some of the daily thinkings and quotes that, um, that come to mind. Uh, on that note, my name is Dale Partridge, and I will see you guys next week on Real Christianity. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Christianity. If you're a regular listener to this show, would you prayerfully consider making a donation to support our ministry efforts? Simply visit relearn.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearn.org forward slash donate. And for those looking to explore the idea of joining or planting a church in your home, you can download our free PDF ebook titled The Basics of Biblical House Church by visiting relearn.org forward slash house. Lastly, do you have a theological question you would like answered on the show? Submit your question at relearn.org forward slash question. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. We will see you next Wednesday.